Oh, the full gang is back on the comment section this week. Will and Will and Justin back at it. The original OG trio talking about the NBA playoffs, which start on Monday. Portland beat Memphis in the play-in game, which uh, earlier in the week, I really thought it was going to be a Portland and Phoenix matchup. And I thought we were going to get three outstanding games, but the way the tiebreaker worked, Phoenix, unfortunately, became a victim and landed outside of the playoffs. So Portland beats Memphis today in an exciting game, and now they draw the Lakers in the first round. And we'll get to the rest of the matchups in both conferences. A lot of uh, storylines and a lot of injuries and stuff that have happened over the course of the last week or so. Uh, So I guess we'll start with the, the Portland and Los Angeles series. Uh, I think it's going to be more competitive than a lot of people think. I can see it going six games with the Lakers maybe having a couple of blowouts and Portland winning a couple of close games. And then maybe in like a game six, LA just, you know, takes it home and leaves no doubt and, and moves on. Uh, Dame's been outstanding. I think he was named the official bubble MVP, which is, yeah, he went on a spectacular run once this all started. And it's hard to imagine once the league gets back to like a normal setting and a normal schedule, he won't be one of the top three players that we talk about now just because of what he's done in the bubble. Uh, in LA, you don't really know what they're going to bring to the table as far as intensity and motivation. You, you know, LeBron is obviously motivated to win, but the season's been so wacky, you don't know, like, if he can turn it on in the bubble the way he would in a normal season. So I think it'll be competitive, but I do think the Lakers will move on. Uh, So I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that. Well, what do you think? I think it's going to be tough for them, but Portland doesn't have any defense. They don't play any defense. They're just kind of there. Um, Once in a while, they'll make a key play, like a steal or a block or something and get lucky. But – a lot of their games are what up to like 130 points, so yeah. they can s- score um, at a great rate, similar to the Rockets. But they have zero defense, which could help the Lakers because the Lakers are pretty much at the bottom of all the offensive stats and categories. They're worst three-point shooters, free throw shooters, field goal percentage, like everything. They're they're not playing well. Um, I know they locked up the number one seed, so I feel like they kind of took a little bit off. And what actually – what you see is they took a, a lot – it seems like they took a lot more off than maybe they intended. Or this is just who they are now, not having Avery Bradley and not having Rondo, not being able to stop uh, guards that are sh- going to be shooting the lights out from Portland. So Dame has been amazing. I do agree for him as the MVP, but one thing that I noticed outside of the 61 point game is that he's pretty much scoring almost all of his points in the first three quarters or like closer to like 80% of the game. And then the rest of the 20%, I mean, he's getting, a lot of assists and he's getting people good looks. He's getting double teamed and he's kicking the ball out. And if those guys are making the shots, then they have a chance to continue to get some W's. But 
the problem is, I mean, he's not really shooting a lot towards the end of the game. That's where uh, C.J. McCollum uh, compliments his game because C.J. McCollum is lights out in the fourth quarter or uh, when the game's on the line. And you also have Carmelo Anthony, who has been absolutely clutch. And how the Sixers or any other team didn't pick him up beforehand is absolutely absurd. Uh, One other thing I wanted to bring up real quick was uh, Devin Booker. Had zero oh. votes. I know. Are you how ridiculous is that? How do you go 8-0 in the bubble, and he literally carried the team and zero MVP votes? I think that was messed up. Uh, Dame deserved it, but, I mean, at least give Booker five or six votes. Yeah, I agree. That is uh, something that I found to be uh, a little shocking as well because I thought Booker, for a guy who a lot of people on the East Coast who are casual basketball fans, and I brought this up, couple of weeks ago didn't really get to watch him before all this really happened and understand what kind of a special player he was but having these games on at like two o'clock in the afternoon on the east coast on abc or T, uh, espn or tnt and seeing a team that was 10 games under 500 fighting for a playoff spot and their star player comes and drops 35 points a game and his shooting percentage was ridiculous you know a couple of game winners that brought him to another level where i think maybe people in the league now free agents especially are like okay phoenix is an up-and-coming team nice weather who wouldn't want to play in phoenix given you know a normal uh, nba season without a pandemic maybe some big name free agents start moving to phoenix and they start building a contender around some of the pieces they have i know um, they drafted Ubre, Aiton. uh I can't remember. They have Johnson, so they have Mikael Bridges. So it's a good core of guys around Booker, and they all complement his game very well. And I do feel like he was a little ripped off with that. I feel like Phoenix as a whole was ripped off because of, you know, what they had to go through, but they probably, you know, obviously should have won a game or two more in the regular season, and they would have been in this game. Uh, As far as Carmelo and C.J. McCollum, I mean, (laughs) I think every NBA team – that came across Carmelo Anthony before Portland did was like, he's, he doesn't have it anymore. We can't trust him to come off the bench and not cause any issues in the locker room. So I think that probably played a lot into it, but he found a great fit with two guys who want to win as much as he does and are absolutely lights out when they shoot the ball. They have a, a, a clutch presence. Portland does where between Dame and Carmelo, especially to have two guys that are out on the floor with 20 seconds left, that either one of them can hit the shot. That's not something a lot of teams have. So I do think LA has to watch out for that. And as far as their uh, Portland's offensive output in the bubble, I mean, if they're running and gunning, scoring 134 points a game, and LA is cold, and you know Davis and LeBron are the only two guys carrying them. It could be for, you know, like I said, a competitive series. I don't expect Portland to win, but they could make it interesting. Do they push it to seven? You know, there's probably a 10% chance they do. So I'm looking forward to that series probably is the the marquee series of the first round. And it's the first time I believe that Carmelo and LeBron are playing each other in a playoff series, which, you know, if you had told me that 10 years ago, 
I would have been like, this is the first time ever because, <laughs> yeah, LeBron would have and him would have crossed paths in the East at some point, and uh, but that never happened, unfortunately. So uh, I predict LA will win that. What do you guys think in six games? Yeah, I think six games is good. It's a good bet. Portland can steal a game or two with some high-powered offense. And um, Antonio Davis, if he doesn't show up in one of the games or he only shows up in the first half, does it in the second half. Anthony Davis. Uh, what did I say? Unless it's Spanish. <laughs> Antonio, Antonio, no, yeah, Antonio yeah. Davis from, uh, from the 1990s <laughs> Indiana Pacers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, – that's the one-eight matchup. So the four-five matchup. This one is actually very intriguing. It's Houston and Oklahoma City, two teams with a lot of history, yeah. uh, a lot of players involved in the series. That you know, CP3 and Russell Westbrook traded for each other in the offseason last year. Uh, Russ is going to be out for I think the first couple of games of this series, so it takes some of their scoring and uh, playmaking away and Harden has to be, you know, the main focal point now, which isn't really any different for, for him in the playoffs, but Oklahoma city is a team that took a lot of people by surprise uh, having as good of a record as they did after losing Russ and taking on Chris Paul, who's 35 years old and people didn't know what he had left. Well, he, he made, uh, I think more of a legitimate uh, contender out of them because of his experience and just maybe because of his maturity a little more than than Russ. Uh, so I could see this series going either way. I do think that man, I, I think Harden though is the X factor. He could have you know two or three games where he puts up 30, 40 points and Oklahoma State just doesn't have an answer for him. So I think that's going to be what separates Houston and I say this probably goes six as well. Yeah, I think the uh, Rockets take it even without Russell Westbrook in the beginning. Uh, OKC is a young team, and CP3 can win them a game or two, but the Rockets are just too much. And do we discuss how there's no real home court advantage that's a great point. I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't bring that up. <laughs> it doesn't matter what seed you are. Uh, it's really, uh, you're playing with no fans. Yeah, this is really a whole whole new ball game for lack of a better term. Because you're right, the home court advantage doesn't come into play. So if you know the Rockets and OKC goes seven games, it's a toss up, and yep. it comes down to can the Rockets not choke? Yeah. In, in a seven-game series, which we haven't really seen that they uh, can push through yet. So uh, that's actually a good point. And one that is going to throw probably a lot of uh, curveballs at a lot of these teams. Yeah, you're seeing it in hockey. Uh, and I think that's, that a good that's, point, a, yeah. that's a huge difference maker is having that home crowd advantage, uh, the screaming, the yelling, just being in that stadium – knowing 20,000 people hate you. Um, yeah. whereas, whereas right now, there's 10 people that hate you in the stadium. Um, if that, and they're, and they're the guys who play for the other team. So you're Exactly, to- <laughs> yeah. And there's no, there's no 
if you lose as an eight seed, you have, or if you're an eight seed, you have nothing to lose. Whereas right. if you're a one seed, you still have the mentality where you have to win. So there's a lot of pressure. No, that's, that's a great point. Just, uh, well, what do you think about this series? <sighs> it's, it's, I think it's going to be difficult to kind of gauge. It could go seven because at any time, OKC was one of the best teams in the bubble and the other games, they were just average. And I feel like Houston came straight out of the gate when they kicked some ass the first two games, lost one. And then I think they won another two and lost one. So, but the Rockets were playing defense like they never had before. So that's true. If, if they maintain um, playing hard on both sides of, of the court, then then they can take this in a in a few games. So we'll see what um what goes down. I also think hopefully that, no fights. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also think that the Thunder are they obviously have more power on the interior down low, and Stephen Adams. Uh, off the top of my head and the Rockets love to play that small lineup where none of the players are over six, eight. So, you know, you could have that lineup out there, but yeah, the small ball lineup. So D'Antoni throws those guys out there and they're not hitting, you know, the broad side of a barn with some of their, their shots. And, you know, in some playoff games in the past, they've been noted to go cold with their offense. That'll probably sway a couple of games, just the, the rebounding of Steven Adams and the crew with the thunder going up against that small ball lineup. Um, so I, I think. And the Rockets are jacking up like 50 threes a, a game and they're making 50, like yeah. 50 to 60 and then they're yeah. making like 30%. So I think that's, if I remember in their game seven against golden state a couple of years ago, I want to say by the third quarter, they had already shot. 31 or 32 and they had made like eight which was their demise in that game it was something some crazy percentage like that um, which always comes back to bite them but if Russ does come back then it adds a whole new layer to the series so I could see this one probably going uh, seven and then it being a toss-up from there Uh, so the next series in the west Denver the three seed versus Utah the six seed uh, I, I gotta say, I was surprised. To, I watched, I think, this game on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, these two teams played, and they went to double overtime. And if any of those games in their series are going to be the same as that game, then this is probably going to be, you know, the sleeper for the most underrated series of the first round. You know, Donovan Mitchell was uh, a superstar in the bubble. Uh, yeah, Rudy Gobert is kind of coming into his own now, but Jokic and Jamal Murray are two studs. So I think this is probably one that I could see going seven and wouldn't be surprised if Utah ended up pulling it out. Denver, I'm not too familiar with anybody else on their lineup except for Jokic and, and Murray. So I don't know how you know the other guys match up with the Utah lineup. I know uh, Bogdanovich was – was out, so I don't. I don't think he's coming back at all. So that could hurt Utah as far as their uh, interior presence and their outside shooting threats. So I could see Denver pulling this out in seven. I'll say at a tight seven game series. 
So for Denver, you got you got Bol Bol that will come off the bench. Bol Bol, yes, that's right. And Jeremy Grant, I, I watched him a little bit. He he seems to be um, scoring more than he did pre bubble. And Michael Porter Jr. is their their hot player right now, yes. and they've been waiting for him for some time That's to true. start playing like this because he. He got drafted out of high school and he had some back problems then and they took him on and he's just now starting to shine. I can't remember what he was shooting. I think he was scoring like 13, 15 points pre-bubble and now he's up to like 23 plus. So it could be interesting. I I like Denver. I'm going to go, you know, six or seven. Uh, It's going to be tough. That's a good point. I, I, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. I I totally forgot that he – was you know this project that they've been working on and his injuries and everything that kind of slowed down his development he is he as well as uh devin booker is a guy who made a name for himself over the last couple of weeks and you know he, he throws a whole additional wrinkle to uh denver's offense and yeah he was giving utah problems the other day from some from what i was watching in the game Mm-hmm. So I see this one going seven. It's hard for me to to say who's going to win it though. I, I I'll go Denver just because of the experience that they had. Uh, I want to say last year in the playoffs, they they went to seven games against Portland in the second round. So uh, that's got to count for something. So I'll I'll, I'll def- give them the benefit of the doubt on that. No, Justin, what's your thought on this Denver Utah series? I'm just going to be the difficult one and say Utah's going to win it. Going to go Spidey. <laughs> and yeah, and you you wouldn't be wouldn't be wrong in that. And seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. So we Maybe all think it's going to go seven. Yeah. Um, can we just just for a second? It's if it comes down to Rudy Gobert having to shoot a free throw <laughs> at the end of the game for whatever reason to win the Does game. Does he lick the ball first? Does he lick the? <laughs> That's what I was getting. <laughs> Does he give everybody a scare? And he's like, huh, you guys think the playoffs are going to go on? And then he just starts licking everything, starts licking somebody's face at the foul line, and then everybody starts freaking out. Well, they've uh, all tested negative, so. Yeah. And that's, I mean. You might just get punched in the face. Yeah. Oh, it could be like Oz. Like, he's, he's <laughs> snuck it in, and then he just, you know. It is impressive how the NBA has – come away with a zero so that, that's test. very interesting because then um avery bradley could have showed up yeah because like yeah. he could have he could have even shown up after the fifth game fourth or fifth game they had a, like, a timeline you know right what do you mean did they have a deadline or like a time like a thing where if somebody well to opt out, to opt I mean, out he, he could yeah. have just said uh i'm probably gonna opt out but i, I don't think it was never discussed if opt-out players can just come back, but I don't see why not if he goes through the um, quarantine mm-hmm. protocol because, yeah. I mean, their families are going to be in another week or so, two weeks, the families are going to start coming in, going right. through a certain amount of time of quarantine, and then as round two playoffs start, that's when the players can actually see the people they bring in. Right. But uh, I also want to note that Instagram thoughts are not allowed. <laughs> The I NBA did see that, is watching out for that. Well, I, I did say that I did see Stephen A go on a little bit of a rant saying that 
some of his boys should get conjugal visits in the bubble. And I was like, man, this guy gets paid so much money to make statements like that. Like God bless him. <laughs> uh, but actually, yeah, that's something I do want to touch on as we go further with the uh, Seattle Seahawks situation. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> the next uh, first round series and the, the final one in the West, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. So I, I think this is going to be a, I would say the Clippers are the better team here. By far. By far, yeah. I mean, you got Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have Pat Bev. So Justin threw up five fingers. I was going to say five games. I think Luka can win you one. Just having a great game and Kawhi and company being like, you know what? Let him have this one. We'll save all our energy. We'll load manage this game and then come back in the next game. And then we'll we'll take care of business. Five is uh, being nice. Yeah, I would stirring a bone to the Mavericks. Right, and and I think that's fair because like I no said, no way they could grab one. I mean, the Clippers yeah. are always hurt. Somebody's always that's hurt. true. Yeah, yeah, but Kawhi, Kawhi is is just like sad. playoff Kawhi is it a different level. It's <laughs> a, what, what's what's been different this whole this whole bubble has basically been this know, whole bubble is weird though. So you never know. Uh, is, yeah. Like I said, I don't I don't like I'm not comfortable with any of this because there's no home home court advantage. If there was Lakers in four, yeah. um, maybe five at the most, because um, they might, you know, Portland would win one. But this whole no no get, no fans is, is insane, and it's going to be interesting how things play out. Mm-hmm. And not to repeat myself, but Luca is another one of these rising stars that, you know, in 10 years he's going to be – Household you know, name, the face of the league, and this is his first, you know, real t- taste of the playoffs. I don't think they made it last year. I, I, no, they didn't because um, the Clippers last year were the eight seed. So the um, the experience for him getting in the playoffs, you know, obviously different because, like you said, there's no home court, there's no real travel between games, so he won't really, you know, know how to manage that once he gets into that real situation further down the line in his career, but now being in the playoffs, he knows kind of like the intensity that the a team like the Clippers is going to bring, the intensity like Kawhi is going to bring. And, uh, you know, it just serves, I guess, to, you know, give him the playoff experience. I mean, Jordan's first playoff matchup was against Larry Bird and the, the 1986 Celtics, who were one of the top three teams in NBA history regarded by some historians. So, um, you know, it just gives Luca something to build off of as he goes through it. And I think he's a special player and he can win the Mavs one game, but a seven game series against the Clippers, who I believe are on a, a mission to really win the title and do whatever it takes to win the title, that's gonna be hard. So Well, and I the Clippers do whatever it takes because uh, you know, Lou Williams well, wings on. <laughs> that that was uh, practice. Uh, these games didn't really count. They well, were already- Lou knew he had time. He knew he had time. He was taking a risk, though. They could have told him, you know what, you're not coming back at all. So that was a risk on his. Nah, it was a requarantine. He was good. <laughs> I, I, and as we wait, those wings looked so good, man. They did. That, that's why uh, I said a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I can't blame him because I looked uh, at the the wings. I was like, you know what? Yeah, you could blame to. him because he could literally have somebody pick him up. Uber That's eat. true. He could have had. A, there's a thousand things that he could have had. He ain't really eat. talking about wings. Yeah, he got wings and lap dances. Yeah, wings and things. Yeah, things. But um, another thing about Dallas that 
you guys didn't even mention is Porzingis. So him, my, that was purpose and, on my part. Um, him, and Luka, <laughs> him and Luca combined can get fifty-five to 30, uh, sixty points a game. Yeah, it's so, just where's the rest of it coming from? And and Tim Hardaway Jr. too, as well, former Nick. Um, when he's on, he can be the, that third scoring threat for them. Dallas was is a competitive team in the bubble, so I'll give them one game against the Clippers. If they pull out two, I'll be impressed. Right, over to the East Coast <laughs> and uh, the Eastern Conference, as, as it's known. Uh, Milwaukee and Orlando, uh, I don't even – I mean, that, I see sweet written all over that for Giannis. whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Giannis is long arm, man. Game yeah. over. The way that over the, before it starts. Yeah, no, I see sweep written all Don't over. Don't even that. talk about it. Bring the brooms out. Yeah, sweep in that one. Uh, for <laughs> uh, Will, what's your thought on that? One? Uh, it's not even worth talking about this nope. matchup. But officially sweep, right? Skip it. Skip the sweep. I will. T- I will tell you this. I can't name one player on Orlando. The only guy the- I can name is the guy from the dunk contest, and I can't even name him right now. Aaron, uh, Aaron, 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 something. <laughs> Gordon? Gordon, Aaron Gordon, Gordon, yeah. If it was two thousand four, oh, and I would and well, there's another one. Uh, he was a bust for the Sixers. Oh, I don't know how to shoot. Oh, oh my yeah. arm, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. That's Fuck that's that actually. A, <laughs> you know what? The, who uh, whose fault was that? His. Really? He's an idiot. His? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an idiot. I'll take your word for it. He's not mentally tough at all. You no. could say that you, you could say, and, and we'll get, you know what? We'll talk about the four or five and then I'll get to that. Uh, the four or five matchup, Indiana and Miami, just based on what I've seen over the course of the year in general, I think Miami wins this um, hero and Butler are solid combination. Indiana. I, I feel like is a good team. Uh, I would say this probably goes six. And I think Miami wins it in six. Miami's a really good team from, you know, some of the regular season games that I watched of theirs, they're pretty talented. I don't know their depth, but I, I just see them pulling this out in, in six. Yeah, I'm going to agree 100%. Um, I watched or at least paid attention to a little bit of the heat in the bubble and, and a little bit pre-bubble. They have a lot of good chemistry, even though they don't – outside of Butler, they don't have anybody that's like, oh, my God, that guy's an all-star. He's a superstar. But they just work really well together. They have um, good passing and um, catching people off guard and, and taking shots. And, you know, Butler is making them practice uh, at four in the morning for some yeah. odd reason. So <laughs> he um, wants to win. Yeah, he wants to win. Don't sleep. Just play. You know what? Actually, okay. So I um, I just pulled up the Heat's roster. Hits Andre, Andre Godala. So they have a playoff veteran on the team. Uh, Udonis Haslam is listed on the roster, and I don't know if that's a joke, if Google is trolling me right now. <laughs> um, Jay Crowder, not a, uh, a terrible player. They're a good role player. Guy fits in the system. Uh, Bam Adebayo, actually, is the guy who I was thinking of. Yeah. I couldn't remember yeah, him. He's, he's a 6'9", yeah, 255, and Kelly Olenek, 6'11", 240. So they got size. So based on that – No, I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going Pacers. Because okay. you're dumb. 
What's your, what's your Luka, argument? Victor Oladipo. Uh, so he is TK playing? McCall- yeah. Okay. Are we putting um, money on this? I want to put some money on this. <laughs> 500, grand, money. 500 grand? Nah. <laughs> TJ Warren, who uh, was Kobe. the... the uh, was, one who one was the crushing the bubble when he got into it yeah. until he played the Heat and only put up like, what, like 13 points or some stuff. Get out of here. Yeah. Shit's weak. Yeah. Jeremy Lamb is about to make uh, make it interesting. Got a feeling about the Pacers, man. All right, so oh, yeah. you go Pacers. How many? DJ games? McConnell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, man. That's a, a Sixers shout out right there. Um, going with the Pacers in seven. Okay, fair enough. Now, they're, they're evenly matched. Team. Yeah, I like I said, I, I think they're pretty evenly matched, but I do think the size of the Heat will – Pacers have some guys that are big, but I think Bam is uh, an X factor. Jimmy Butler just knows how to lose, man. That's also he, a good he can't, point. He can't get it done. <laughs> you know what? I, he, I'm not uh, – he's, he's right there. He just has bad luck. I'm not married to the Heat. You know what? I'll say that. I'll, I'll go Heat, but I won't be surprised if Indiana pulls it off. Okay, okay. Let, okay. Let, let me just drop some knowledge on you guys because you guys don't know shit. Um, Monday, August 10th, the Heat kicked the shit out of the Pacers, 114 to 92. Enough said. Okay, so I'll go to my original prediction of the Heat then. <laughs> now, this series, I know you guys are going to be paying a lot of attention to, and it's the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. And to my point earlier about Markel Fultz, I don't know that it's necessarily anybody's. Do you, hold on. Fault. Do you want to bring up the uh, last game yesterday? Oh, you mean no one? No one played yesterday. Nobody played. <laughs> None of the teams that that ran around really actually played. Get out of here. You want to pull up the Sixers crushing the Rockets and go? Hey, they're going to play good in the playoffs. I don't know, man. Pacers no. they have it. No. They're going to have it. No. Well, I get in the middle of these brotherly fights, and I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> just hide so, in the corner, Will, and don't. I'm gonna hide in. I'm just gonna. And, and now we're gonna talk about the Sixers. It's gonna be a blowout. The Boston Celtics are gonna crush them. Ben Simmons is out. Sixers look like a mess. They need a new head coach. That's a wrap. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna second what Justin said. I don't want to talk about this one. It's skip it. Skip it. Celtics either Blow a, them a, out a sweep Maybe. or a gentleman's sweep. Sweep. Mm. Sweep. It's not even Tatum, man. There's so many players that they have. Yeah, I would and say that, that yeah, I'd say Boston has too much firepower. I give the gentleman sweep to them. What I was going to say before you guys started getting very passionate about the Sixers losing this series was <laughs> that you can't – I don't know who you really blame for the Markel Fultz thing, Philly, Markel Fultz, or Danny Ainge for basically pulling the wool over – the Philly front office's eyes on that deal for Tatum for Fultz. I mean. uh, Tatum should have been drafted number one. That was I know. I, I was mad at the Sixers when they made that. Um, I have a couple friends that said uh, Markel Fultz. Can you know he's a the point guard that we need? Look at him in college. Right. I said, look at Jason Tatum on the Blue Devils, <laughs> and I hate the freaking Duke. No, but Duke is like the minor leagues, like you know, the, for the NBA. It's like essentially what the SEC in Alabama is for. Coach K, man, if he picks a player, it, it he does it for the uh, American. Uh, and that's only been recently since America, the one and done. Man. That, that's only been recently since the one and done rule with Duke. Yeah. So all right, he's I think been coaching. Te- he's been coaching Team America for like two or three rounds. Yeah, in the rounds. Yeah. 
Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He, he knows how to culture players. He officially said he was not doing that, right? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I think Pop. That's because they got blown out. Pop was supposed to be the coach this year, I think. They were embarrassed. But with the pandemic and all. And then the final series of the first round, Toronto and Brooklyn. I do not see – and this is – looking down a little bit further down the line, but I don't see how if Toronto and Milwaukee match up, how Milwaukee beats them because Toronto's defense is clicking on all cylinders. Toronto's just like the championship medal is there. You got uh, Ibaka, you have Siakam. Fred Van Vliet is, I mean, leave the dude open. He's guaranteed three points. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, you know, the heart and soul of the Raptors. Sweep. I think this is a sweep. in the first round for Toronto over Brooklyn. And then I, I, I do think Toronto gives Boston trouble, but moves on. And then, you know, to the conference final matchup that I think everybody still wants to see Milwaukee and Toronto. I think that's a uh, competitive, but I don't know how that's going to go. So I guess we can do this for uh, the next rounds too. Once the first round's done and the semifinals are set, I think this'd be a good way to, uh, you know, go through and see how every team matches up and then uh, make our prediction. So, yeah, we'll take a quick are, break on the comment section. Are we, we'll are we moving right over back. to Toronto? <laughs> For what? We didn't talk about Toronto and Nets. We literally, we did. oh my God. <laughs> we you, just, did. you just missed the three-minute conversation we had? Did I skip you? Uh, he, was, he was on his phone. <laughs> oh, I was. I was literally sitting here and I was thinking about – it's okay. What's so? Yeah. What's Van Fleet? Just delete this. Pretend this doesn't even exist. Let's start over. Let's start away. that segment over. No, he doesn't even deserve to be in it. Just skip it. Edit. Yeah. Yeah, delete. Uh, what's you your, know what? You can do well. You can cut me in saying. Uh, yes. Toronto and four. Say it again. Say it again. Toronto and four. Thank you, Will Sanchez. Thank you, Will Sanchez. <laughs> Great insight. Hey, Brooklyn, Brooklyn for not having any of their players are playing. They play hard. They, they play you know hard. what? I do. Yeah, Brooklyn gave Portland a tough run for the money. Game oh man, on Dude, Thursday it t- night. literally came down to the last shot. They could have knocked them out. But not only that, the Nets beat the uh, the Celtics. They beat um, a couple teams in the bubble, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, but we're talking about the playoffs. <laughs> I think the Raptors are, are too, uh, yeah, too experienced. The, the defense is too good for to, for Brooklyn, so that's what I think is going to set them apart. And I agree, sweep by Toronto. I think Big Chess is looking at oh yeah, they, they dude they beat the Clippers one twenty nine to one twenty. Everybody beat the Clippers in the bubble. It doesn't but like count. we've said the the Clippers aren't putting their all into this part of the bubble. They're nobody has for, been right. You know, except for the you know the Portlands and Phoenixes and who needed to play to get right. in exactly. So uh, they beat the Bucks one nineteen one sixteen. I would say if the the Raptors lose a game to the Nets and it's the first game, they beat the Lakers by two. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm sorry, that was in uh, March. <laughs> <laughs> I kept scrolling up for the games. I'm like, oh, they beat the Lakers? All right. We'll take a a quick break. Yeah, we're back on the comment section. 
And another news item this week that came to light was uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey signing their new deals with San Francisco and Kansas City, respectively. Kittle gets uh, five years, $75 million, average annual value of uh, $15 million, and then Kelsey gets uh, extension worth $57 uh, for million with, for four years and average annual value of fourteen point two five, and uh, with the additional two years that he's still um, under contract. So it's like a six-year deal essentially for him. And I think for the stats that Kittle put up the last couple of years, and we were talking about it off air, you know, last two years he's had a thousand yards receiving. It's essentially he's a tight, uh, a wide receiver at that point who can block a hell of a lot better than a wide receiver. And he is the highest paid tight end now in the NFL. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, he, him and the 49ers are looking to get back to where they were last year and, you know, end up winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, does this, I don't know, Ertz's contract status with you guys? What's his his uh, deal like? Ertz got paid, I think, last year. He got paid last year, and then uh, Goddard is... And Goddard's yeah. going to get paid too, but not so, as much. So, he won't, yeah, I was going to say, like, does that... If he plays the way that these guys do, he'll get get that. But in the game right now, I don't see. You know, the the tight end position is such a enigma of a position because it goes through phases. I think where it's not really dominated by superstar guys like a Kittle or a Kelsey uh, or an Ertz even in let's say the twenty twenties decade. But in the nineteen nineties, there were tons of tight ends who you knew were strictly mostly blocking tight ends, but could also catch, you know, a third and five pass and get a first down. So with Kittle, does this, it keeps the 49ers as a contender and Kelsey obviously keeps Kansas city and Mahomes, uh, a, a unit there that's going to be very comfortable and dominant for years. But is there any type of, I guess, for Garoppolo and San Francisco, he's the number one option. Is that, smart in an offense in the NFL to you guys for which one or, or for both um, you could go both because I, I guess Kansas City's wide receiver is always going to kind of be like on a uh, merry-go-round as well so yeah for both teams it's so, tight end in general a number one option as a safe I, thing I've loved Kelsey for a while and um Basically, Doug Peterson uses Ertz the same way that Andy Reid taught him how to use tight ends, and that's how Andy uses Kelsey. So, I mean, I feel like if you did switch Ertz over to, over there to KC, he could put up similar numbers because he's he's getting those targets, and he's getting more targets because they actually have wide receivers that stay healthy and play the whole season. So, I, and I feel like – yeah, Ertz does a great job doing what he does. But, I mean, if you look at it, the last last Super Bowl had the top two tight ends. And the, the year before that, the team that won had Gronk. The year before that was us. The year before that was Gronk again. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it tells you 
something. Like, if you, you don't need have a, a, a really good tight end, you're not going far. And even though the Ravens kind of stumbled, I, I really like Mark Andrews, and he can be um, on this on a tier right below those three tight ends. But I mean, it, it just goes to show that you you need it. And yeah. as you mentioned, like Kittle enjoys it. There, there's a play where he makes a goal line block, and they run the opposite way. But he's just like laughing as he's knocking the guy over and falling over with him and he's just having a good time he's sometimes he's like a big kid but he's a strong big kid and he just plows people over and then all of a sudden he gets a little chip and then boom he gets the ball and he gets a lot of yak so i agree with both signings you you give them those that money um as far as san fran they don't have big paid wide receivers so it's okay to do that for your tight end yeah i agree with you on that and i think the play that sticks out in my mind for Kittle was the the game last year against the Saints that mm, came yeah. down to the wire and he just stiff armed the Saints defender all the way down the sideline and but he still gained like you said 15 extra yards or you know and more the, than that uh, face mask yeah right, yeah that's why it was more because he got the uh the penalty was called so but he was dragging those like three yeah times. yeah I mean I haven't seen anything like that from a tight end since since Shockey did it and I was just gonna say Shockey yeah and then uh, that's you know not to say that's like a skill that makes a great tight end but that's that most tight ends don't look for that you know I, I don't think you know for Kelsey's side of it he is the the safety valve for a quarterback like Mahomes where if it's third and five third and six and you can't find your number one wide receiver but Kelsey's right there and he's wide open. You know, it's going to him and you know, he's going to catch it and you'll get a new set of downs, which is the point of, you know, what you were saying with all these good tight ends. They're like that safety valve for the quarterback to continue drives, to get key third downs. And that's what you need as a championship football team. On a side note regarding the Super Bowl, it'll be very weird if the NFL goes through the regular season and there's no fans for the Super Bowl. Agreed. Uh, I, I think they're going to find a way because that's so many months down the road. Even if they have to build in an extra week of rest or something, I don't know. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll get some fans in there because, as we discussed offline, Jerry Jones is definitely going to put oh, yeah. uh, butts and seats there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that they spread – I think they'll be able to. I yeah. think they'll they'll what they'll do is it's supposed to be in L.A. right? So, uh, no, the Super Bowl's in Tampa. Oh, Tampa! Oh. It's coming down here, oh. baby. So you can't even go to it uh, <laughs> if you I'll, wanted I'll be to. Outside, I'll you know be what? Outside looking in. I guarantee that your your job will give you free tickets because the NFL loves the military you will get i guarantee you're going at some point you know what that's probably what they'll do if anything they'll they'll give tickets to yeah, just put the military in the in the area the city that they're in which is tampa and then you know they'll try to get you know it to look good on tv and they'll socially distance people i'm sure like maybe have one one row and then yeah, the fans and another were empty. You know, so something will – I think you're right. Something will get done. But Jerry Jones did say that if the Giants fans want to see their team play, they can always come to Dallas. And I found that to be, you know, spot on for what we predicted him to say a couple weeks ago. It's 
but it is going to be interesting to see if the NFL as a league bans fans. I don't think they, I don't think they're going to, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to allow it. And he's a key player in all this. Yeah. He made up some stuff about the, the airflow of the stadium or, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like <laughs> I can understand if, if the dome came up, can they open the, does Dallas um, stadium open? They can open it. I think they can open part of it. Like it, it can be retracted. Yeah. Okay. If they Airflow. should. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's trying. So then you just, you just, you just put like uh sprayers up there at the top. So as the airflow is coming in, it's bringing in all the, you know, Lysol spray in there and you're just taking well, probably a Lysol bath. They'll probably install those like ultraviolet filters and stuff in the air system. Like I'm sure he's spent a ton of money to try to get this place, you know, not COVID proof, but COVID capable. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I don't see how that stadium is going to have no fans in it. Like they're going to figure out something locally. Like I don't think the Dallas or the Texas government is going to be like, yeah, no football fans, but we'll see. <laughs> Actually though, that, that leads me to my next point. And I don't know if you guys pay attention to college football much, but all the big college football conferences have canceled their seasons already. Big 10 did it Pac 12. Uh, I think the big East, I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen with college football, but that's a whole different topic, and uh, it, it does kind of suck because the kids who are on scholarships and stuff, like I don't know that they lose the money. I have no idea how all of that works. So we'll see how all that happens. What do you guys think about that? I don't know if you're huge on college, but just the ACC and SEC. That's all that matters. I mean, those are the only two teams that ever make it to the uh, college football championship. That's true. So. <laughs> yeah. They should just say Clemson and Alabama for the national championship. I, I'd be or, fine with that if they just or, uh, six games. Do a, do a college football playoff with four teams from those two. Let's say Ohio State, LSU, <laughs> Clemson, Ohio State's, and uh, Alabama. Big Ten, so they're not playing. Oh, yeah, so they're not playing. That's true. So let's throw in, yeah, maybe a Florida or something like that, or a, a Florida State or Miami. Let's look those. Or LSU in for the heck of LSU's the defending not, champ, so they're not going to be. They're not going to be good this year. Yeah, let's see. Other NFL news too. The Seattle Seahawks had a pretty hilarious story break in and my if, point of view. Infiltration. An infiltration, and I just—I mean, I never thought I would Google the following phrase: "NFL Seattle Hotel Girl" to find the headlines on this story, but I'm doing it apparently in 2020. So, <laughs> their rookie cornerback—he must sever undrafted, undrafted—tries <laughs> to sneak a female companion into the team hotel. And doesn't go his way, gets cut, and now we all have, you know, I guess if it's happening in Seattle of all places, it's, yeah, we have something to laugh at, but we all have to think now, if it's happening in Seattle, it has to be happening everywhere else. I disagree. You don't think? No, no. No, these guys. guys He tried to make her as a a dress up as a man, so... 
And her ponytail uh, was sticking out, so. Stupid. Yeah, they caught that on camera or whatever. Got them. Tossed them out. They only, I think he only made like two grand out of the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. That's nothing, son. <laughs> she, she was trying to wear <laughs> the gear to sneak herself in. I just wish that the security footage of that would leak so we could see how the hotel staff tried to stop her or the team staff who was in the hotel tried to stop her from getting into the hotel and see how that all went down because that had to be some funny shit. Yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. No, but um, the rest of the league, they're, they're all mature. They know what's going on. They, they know what it takes and they're getting serious because they know, I mean, this is, you know, similar with the NBA bubble, like one, your weakest link could destroy your entire organization a la the Marlins for yeah, a week and a half or so. And the Cardinals just what started playing baseball again. And they yeah, and now I looked at their record and it's like, they played five games and everybody else is closer to 20. Yeah. And now so, the, the Reds and, and uh, pirates game was delayed today because the Reds had an outbreak and one Oh the, yeah. One of the pitchers from Cleveland last week, you know, who was all about doing the right thing and social distancing now was caught going out on the town, I think in Chicago or trying to go out on the town in Chicago last weekend. So, I mean, baseball is still teetering. And it's. Oh, I disagree. I mean, there's, there's, they have like 13,000 tests that they've done and 0.1% came back positive. So, I mean, if you look in the grand scheme of things, there's so many different players on a team plus the call ups plus 32 teams plus all the staff. Um, yeah, they're doing the best they can. I think. If I if I told you like, hey, Will, there's going to be a team that's going to fuck up and they're going to catch COVID and miss a few games. Name one MLB team that you'd be like, oh, it's going to be them. Wouldn't Mets. it be the Marlins? <laughs> I was going to say the Mets. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, the it'd Marlins. The, it'd be like uh, some some team that you're like, really, the basement team. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And then they oh. ruin the rest of – I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they try to, you know, weigh all these games that were missed, how they try to make them all up because I know the Mets schedule as of last Thursday was their last off day for two weeks plus, like about three weeks. So I don't know where you find the time and the days to make these things up, especially if teams have to travel, you know, to areas that they're not – like especially on – days where they make up double headers or make up uh, postponed games. Like it's, you have to go, let's say you're the Yankees, you have to go to Detroit, but then you have to go make up a game, a rain out or something in, yeah, yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, Boston or you know, Chicago, whatever it might be. It's, it's the logistics of it is not easy. So uh, they, they're doing better than they did a couple weeks ago. So I will give them that uh, as far as, yeah, the NFL. I, I think they're what are we a couple weeks away from? So here's another one. thing: we we have to manage, I guess, our expectations and our hype. Right now, no one, nobody major has has gotten um, corona and spread it. So, right. like, yes, you know, our head coach uh, Dougie P got it, and a couple of the players got it but they were quarantined immediately and nobody right. else caught on for that. And there have just been like a couple here and there throughout the league 
we haven't started games, but once the games start up similar to like the MLB, like if something like that happens, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, we need to not freak out and like, oh my God, it's going to be the end. That's why the, the rosters are so big. And right. if you can catch this guy before, you know, and we're doing all these um, social distancing and different things, instead of sitting next to each other around at the locker rooms, how the lockers are just uh, along the wall, they've kind of pulled them out and spread them out. So mm-hmm. it's almost like cubicle city. So you, you have a lot more space. Um, a lot more protection. Yeah. So I, I think the NFL, I mean, and they spent what, $150 million to do all these testing and all these cleaning and disinfecting and stuff like that. I think yeah. they're, they're going down the right, right path and we can't freak out too much if a couple people here and there get it throughout the year. I did see a couple of weeks ago the Broncos uh, shared a video on Twitter of uh, the guys walking out onto the field for practice, and they had this, like, disinfectant oh. spraying machine. It was like oh, a metal yeah, detector, yeah. but then all the stuff was coming down to spray them. I don't know how effective it is, but I'd imagine all the teams in the league have something similar to that. Uh, so I think that definitely, you know, it's another precaution that they're taking as well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the NFL season, you know, will have its, you know, scares here and there. I don't, like you said, I don't think it'll be like the MLB season. So I agree with you on that. So when I, when I watch uh, the sports now, I, I wear my hazmat suit so that I don't get <laughs> Corona while I watch the Marlins play. So have uh what about the, um, we'll touch on the hockey playoffs before we wrap up. So I've tried to watch a few games and I've caught some, some of the games. I know there was a five overtime game. Holy uh, crap. He had like Wednesday saves and, and this, still lost. And the thing that with the, the quality of the ice that these guys are playing, like there's three hockey games, four hockey games a day on, on one rink. So as the first round goes on, these games are just going to get sloppy. But then, as the teams kind of thin out as we go, I thought on, they have. Uh, I thought they're using two different ranks, and then so maybe only two games a day. Well, they're using the so Edmonton has with the one game I was watching. The announcer said it was three games uh, for one day, which made the ice conditions a little rough. But I don't know if that was in Edmonton or Toronto. So it sucks to be the last. <laughs> last yeah, game. the last right. If you're scheduled as the last game of the the day, you know, you're dealing with you know beat up ice and then especially if i think some team like there was a game after the five overtime game the other night so that just had to be uh one of the worst conditions for you know hockey team to play in but as i've kind of seen i mean the islanders are taking it to the cap so far which is a total surprise and not something that i thought was going to happen um most of the dominant teams are, are kind of where we thought they'd be. You know, Tampa's leading their series. Uh, Vegas is leading their series. Uh, Avalanche. The Avalanche are leading their series. Yep, they're up 2-1. But the Coyotes won today, so you know, we'll see how that goes. And then your guys' Flyers are tied 1-1 with Montreal. So I was watching some of that game the other night. And you know, from what I saw in the, the first period of the game, the Flyers looked pretty solid. They looked uh, – like they were ready for it. So what do you guys take on the Flyers and what do you see them doing? Uh, they got their freaking mouth punched 
in on uh, Friday night. But hopefully they uh, rebounce and recover and, you know, they look at that blood, they lick it, and uh, are ready for a good fight. <laughs> I, I'm going to oddly agree with Justin. Uh, his analogies <laughs> are out there. Yeah. Um, hey, sometimes you like, need to be punched in the mouth and, and drink your own blood a little. It gets you going. Yeah. I think he's I think he's channeling his inner Broad Street bully, but I'll go with it. <laughs> you think that – so the way it's seated – for the this play, but there's no fans. There's no home court advantage. Carter yeah. Hart was one of the best goalies to ever play in a season home field this uh, at home this year, and we don't have that advantage. So fuck the first seed. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. just two teams playing, and the, the Habs have nothing to lose because they had to play in the win to get in, right. and they beat yeah. the uh, Penguins. So they're literally just. They're playing with house Play. money. Yeah. The, the Habs or the Hab-nots? They're, they're the Habs <laughs> right now. Good joke there, guy. On that note, I think uh, End this. <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Uh, next week, we'll look to talk about the AFC East and the NFC East and preview their seasons and then go from there. But uh, until then, this is the comment section with the OG trio, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>